1: This is Ross Dunn, CEO of Step4th Web Marketing, and my co-host is John Karkut, the Director of SEO and Social Media for Advanced Digital. Hello, my friend. Hey, so, so you got to tell me, how was Vegas? Did you win? Did you lose? Did you... What, what happened? I actually... I might have broken even or actually got ahead. Not That's bad, good. It's eh? better than I do when I go there. I don't <laughs> usually, but I mean, I, I didn't do much either. I think I spent a total of a uh, 60 bucks.
2: Anyway... Yeah. One time I put
1: 20 in and then I came out with 50, so. Um, well, there you go. That's the, that's better than me already. <laughs> I finally remembered all the tricks-ish things I'd learned from the last time, things that you never do. You never just put a little bit of money in the slots and never, ever pays, yeah. or well, rarely ever pays back. You got to put in at least 20 on a penny machine and play it out and then you will win um, something. Whether or not you win at all, <laughs> that's an, another thing entirely, but. <laughs>
2: <laughs> the, 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 the trick that, believe it or not, my mother taught me was: you play a machine until you win, and then you stop playing that machine. You go to another machine and play it till you win. And if if it works out good enough, you know, eventually you'll end up ahead each time. If you keep playing the same machine over and over and over again, you end up losing. But if you play one till you win, and, and then you move to another machine and play it till you win, you end up doing better.
1: Yeah, ah, well, I got lots to talk about there. So I went to one that someone else had just won on and it just kept spewing out money <laughs> so you nice. just never know that's <laughs> true. true they just enjoy messing with us so yeah. um the, but, best you know, was just, the best bet or is the best bet is stay
2: away from slot machines altogether together and play table games i don't
1: know why but i just i, I like the solitary aspect of slots but anyway you the only person I've ever heard of that goes to Vegas to be by themselves. <laughs> <laughs> no, because when I do get a chance to play, it's when after being with people all day. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Cause I'm at conferences. But anyways, um, it was good fun. It was good fun. Great people I met and some awesome parties. The interior design industry knows how to party. There's no not nice. about it. But, uh, and being there as a web marketing guy was a lot of fun. So anyways, uh I actually came out of it missing, Vegas. It's the first time ever, I think. Uh, oh, wow. So, yeah, just because I was there with my wife and, and a lot of other people and yeah, just had a good time. With all that said, let's get to the nitty-gritty. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so some where do we start stuff, here? Some good stuff going on recently. It's it's not like this, this engine did this, this engine did this. A lot of people have been talking about some really good things about, you know, what kind of quality guidelines are there, what link building tactics are getting hit. There's a lot of good content being put out in the industry in the past couple of weeks. Yeah, it has.
1: Yeah, it's amazing what happens when you just literally let it all pile up. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. You get to pick and choose that. (laughs) Yeah, I... Just couldn't quite get a show in while I was away. I apologize to everyone for that, but uh, I'm glad we're getting to it now. So the first, the first topic here is what link building tactic will get flamed out next. And this is from pointblankseo.com. I always has some good writing. And uh, he mentions that he thinks scholarships are going to be the next one to be nailed. Um, i got thoughts on that. But what, what about you, John? What about you? Well, you know my
2: thoughts, and I've said it over and over again. Link building as a tactic is dead anyway. Doing link building, I don't believe is a good a good use of time. If there's other things you can do that will be much more beneficial for you, um, long term. So it's the idea of just saying like which link building tactic gets flamed out to me, it's like, are there any really left worth doing? So I, I, my my opinion is that all of them. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, you know, see the way I look at it is I'm always putting together uh, link attraction techniques, and one of them is certainly uh, well. It's not one we put a lot of effort into, but scholarships and charities. Um, I think it's fantastic. It's, it's giving back to the world and also uh, earns you a little bit of exposure. I don't think a link is really what I'm looking for, though. I'm looking for exposure, like uh, direct potential sale, but also… Uh, bingo. Yeah, bingo. Bingo. Exactly. That's
2: exactly right.
1: Yeah, the, the direct sales. And also, uh, you know, I want to partner up with whoever we're doing this with to put out a press release. So I want to put out some stuff that builds the citations around our, loca- our location. You know, if a person's going to do a scholarship, pick a – don't pick a big university somewhere you're not in. Pick somewhere where you're local. You know, support your community. Uh and get one benefit out of it, which is huge, well, many benefits, but a huge one from a marketing perspective is uh, a little exposure in your local community. If you really want to get any kind of local traction, that helps.
2: And think about it. Remember the old school there was an old school phrase literally years and years ago it still makes sense today and still i think it even makes more sense today than it did then the idea of if would you do this if the search engines didn't exist and things like participating in scholarship programs doing charity work hopefully you would do that mm-hmm. because it has an extra benefit for search is inconsequential, right? You do it because it's good for your business. You think about all the businesses that are doing well in search, well online, period. It's not because they went out and built a bunch of links. That's not why they're doing good online anymore. It's because they're a good business. They they make a lot of sense. They have a lot of exposure, not because they went out and built the exposure, because they earned it,
1: right? By doing things like
2: scholarships and charity events and those kind of things.
1: And, you know, oftentimes I find businesses um have done all of these things but they haven't marketed it. I mean sorry, yeah, I'm a marketer. I can't help it. If you're going to do stuff like this, toot your horn, no one else is going to do it. You know, put on your website, we proudly supported this this charity and we do this for this and this and put images, show how you're actually helping your community. There are people and I've got clients now that they they will give a, a serious consideration to someone uh, much greater than anyone else, if they are co- contributing or giving back to their community. Awesome! Yeah, Very cool. I wish more people did that. I think it's awesome. I think it's a great idea.
2: I, I mean, it comes. It really comes down to, um, you know, we, we've talked about the difference between link building and authority building, but how do you build authority? Not by building links anymore. But it, you know, because the algorithms are different. It used to be that was how you build authority in the eyes of a search engine. But they're more sophisticated now, and you're not just trying to build authority for a search engine anymore. You're trying to build authority for your users, for so- social, for search, all of it's together. And it's about, it's, it really comes back to standard marketing. Like you just said, Ross, you've got to be able to market online. And one of the things that comes from that online marketing overall, is that people will start referencing you, either through links or citations or mentions, and that's how you build that authority.
1: Yeah, exactly. Uh, And I just think, you know, okay, maybe Google will go and say that uh, these links aren't worthwhile. Fine, whatever. It's not the point. The point is the citations. The point is the helping the community. You're doing good things. That just comes back in spades no matter what. Google, be damned.
2: (laughs) You
1: know, it's, it's gonna come back. It,
2: it is interesting. The past couple of weeks, for some reason, I've seen two or three new articles about the best way to do guest blogging, and I'm like, "What? <laughs> You're really back on the guest blogging bandwagon again?" And it's just, I think part of this, when you get these kind of articles, it's part of our industry, is kind of stuck in a rut. They're like, you know, this is what I know and this is what I'm going to keep talking about. I've made it work again, but it's not going to work long term. It's not the right way to do things. Guest blogging has its benefits, but if you're doing it for links, you're probably doing it for the wrong reason.
1: Yeah, yeah. by no means are we saying don't guest blog. There's nothing wrong with that at all. Just don't assume you're going to get a ton of links from it. It's not the point. Uh, It's You're hopefully getting you're hopefully being provided with the, uh, a great place to write on that's going to get you more exposure, and yes, it could generate links because people like your content and talk about you. That's that's organic as it gets. That's good. It's,
2: yeah, it's marketing. It's not exactly. link, It's not link building. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, and and it was good actually. I read. I'm not sure if it was this article actually. It might be point blanks, but um, where he was talking about how a lot of the techniques that are so called blamed out now. Uh, they they still work. It's just only if you're doing it the hard way. You're, you're really putting the effort in to provide great content, provide, you know, uh, it's, it's, I feel like I'm going in a circle here. I'm not saying that you do it just to do link building. You're doing this for content. You're doing this to get out there, uh, get found, build hype, which ultimately builds the, the, the kind of uh, citations and links you want. Uh, it's all about your intent and the quality of the work you're doing. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Now, hey, John, are you still involved with Local U?
2: Um, not as nearly as much as I used to be. Okay. Um,
1: I haven't I, done anything I guess you for a should while. Inform People with this is what, what uh, our listeners what that's all about.
2: Um, Local U is is actually really good. It's a it used to be part of David Mims. Um, Business went before he sold to Moz. And when he sold his business to Moz, local use split off set separately. And basically, it's a group of, of really good SEOs. David's involved, uh, Mary Bowling's involved, um, uh, Matt uh, from Search Engine Land, he's involved. There's a bunch of great people. Uh, the professor, of course, you can't forget him. Um, they go and they go to separate. They go to businesses or they go to um, conferences, and they basically do a full day learning session about local search. Um, each of the presenters talks about a different aspect of it. I've presented it a few times. I've done it on social. I've done it on basic SEO stuff, um, but it's really a the whole thing is for small businesses to come together and really learn about local search and why it's important and why it makes a difference. It's 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 really a great great group of people. Absolutely. Mm-hmm.
1: One thing I noticed the other day is that I I forgot, of course, that it had been bought by us, uh, Moz. Because now, Local U, quote unquote, Local U and Moz have teamed up. <laughs> they yeah. said, and well, they're doing a conference together. I'm like, oh, now yeah, I get it. it. <laughs> they didn't team up. <laughs>
2: yeah. Well, 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 David started started it when now he's working for Moz, so it kind of makes sense. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> David. So David. And it's,
1: it's really just another Moz conference based on Local then. Pretty much with some, with some good speakers.
2: Yeah, some really very good,
1: good speakers. Yeah. Uh, anyways, the reason I brought it up is because the next story is from Mary Bowling um, at localu.org. And uh, <laughs> the title is Go Home, Google Map Maker. You're drunk. And now, uh, <laughs> Google Map Maker, I haven't actually had much more than a couple minutes of experience with it, uh, frankly, because I know how little you can get any benefit from it. But um, she found some spam. She found a site, and it's dead obvious spam. I mean, it's just amazing that it ever even got added to Maps. Um, and it's uh, for a, uh, a, a legal firm. And the name that was used in the legal firm's uh, 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 listing was just chalk full of keywords. And, yeah, again, it's just amazing it got through. Well, she crossed it out. You know, she's doing her job. She's, she's She wanted to uh, make sure that they got this corrected. So she crossed that out and said, no, make this change, please, and put it to the just the business name. Well, Google's response was, um, quote-unquote, I won't mention the business name, but your edit to X law offices has been reviewed but will not be published because we couldn't verify the information you provided. If you still see an issue, please suggest another edit. Be sure to include as many useful details as possible. Thanks for sharing your local knowledge. <laughs> the funny thing here is… <laughs> Uh, details. Hello. Just go to the website and you'll see that their business name is not that long spun out keyword mess. It's just the name law offices. Hello. I wonder if that's,
2: uh, I wonder if that's actual people behind those reviewing them or if it's some kind of algorithm. And if it's people, it could have just been
1: somebody's being lazy. Uh, You know, why? it it better not be people. They shouldn't be hired. (laughs) That's just nuts. Yeah. yeah. Um, in any case, another person said they had the exact same issue um, when they found another one full of spam. So, it does seem like it must be automated. I don't hmm. quite get. It. Anyways, uh, something someone's a fallen, fallen asleep at the wheel at MapMaker. Uh, it's because Matt's not there.
2: If Matt was around, all this spam stuff would be handled just like that.
1: It's true. It's true. Yes. I haven't seen it yet, but he did a speech at a university. Have oh, yeah. I, I got a link to it. I
2: watched it. It was really quite interesting. Hmm. Um, he, he talked a lot about his history at Google and how he got involved and how he progressed. I, I didn't realize that for a year he worked on the uh, AdWords team, which I thought was crazy.
1: Yeah, he was so Matt Cuts. Everyone, just so you know, Matt yeah, Cuts mm-hmm. was kind of the, the figurehead that we all talked to or wanted to talk to <laughs> about yeah. SEO and what's going on at Google. And uh, he's now taking a leave of absence, but he went and did this uh, presentation, and I can't wait yeah. to listen to it.
2: Yeah, it's 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 a it's a good presentation. Um, it's kind of fun to get some inside stories and some insight to how it works there. He, he talked about how he started out, um, you know, building the the porn filter for for Google and why he was asked to do that. And then he moved over to to the AdWords side and how he got really stressed because he's sitting there working on the AdWords side. And he keeps looking over at the the organic side and seeing all this spam get through, and he's like, dang dang, we gotta get rid of that spam. And he, he can't focus on the AdWords side because he's so focused on. All the spam coming in on our organic site. He he goes over to whoever the boss was at the time and said, "Look, I want to work on this spam stuff." And they said, "Okay, when can you start?" Which I thought was just um, just a really interesting look into how things work in Google. At least at that time, I'm not sure they work the same way now. But it's it's a good presentation if you get a chance. Definitely, it's a, it's more than a half an hour long. So you know, make sure you schedule some time to sit down and watch it.
1: Hmm, excellent. Well, uh, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we've got lots of other interesting news to
0: share. SEO 101 will be back right after recess.
3: ShipStation helps online retailers ship orders faster. It's so easy to set up and use. ShipStation gives you tools to automatically import, manage, and ship your orders in the most cost-efficient way. Save money with the best USPS rates possible, as well as a free USPS account. ShipStation integrates with all the most popular e-commerce platforms and shipping carriers. Get shipping done, no matter where you sell or how you ship. WebmasterRadio.fm listeners get an additional 30 days free after the free 30-day trial. Go to shipstation.com slash webmaster radio now. Shipping Nirvana starts here. winning leadership excellence and results as well as an a rating by the better business bureau for reach engagement and conversion it's all inclusive marketing reserve a free consultation today at allinclusivemarketingcom slash radio whether you are an online business or domain name investor you need access to the best names with over 270 million domains already registered finding the right names at the best price requires a great wingman namejet.com puts you in the pilot seat
0: Okay, class, take your seats and no talking. Recess is over, and SEO 101 is back in session. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm.
1: Welcome back to SEO 101 on WebmasterRadio.fm. Hosted by John Carcut, the Director of SEO and Social Media for Advanced Digital, and myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, Inc. So, hey, a little geek spot here. I can't help it. Did you see uh, the holographic interface for windows 10
2: i did i watched the video it looks interesting but to me i couldn't tell if it's actually really what's going to happen or if they just did a bunch of special effects in their video
1: you yeah. know what i mean well the hololens the people have tried it um it's still um you yeah. know they're still polishing it polishing off some of the details but it actually worked and it was quite comfortable and it, it looks I, i'm i'm in I'm enthralled. I mean, I know it's going to be full of bugs. It's Microsoft, but it's going to be very cool. I mean, this is this is the beginning of a whole lot of things. Anyone (laughs) has doesn't know anything about this, you should go online and type in Hololens, H-O-L-O-L-E-N-S, and you'll see some incredible footage of what this system will do. Amazing. so,
2: So, what gets me about it is is when you look at this video, watch the video, and you see these people put on these glasses, and all of a sudden, there's a television on their wall, and there's a 3D model on their table, and it it really worries me that how how does this HoloLens know where the wall is and know where the table is? What do you have to do to make sure this stuff shows up where it's supposed to be? Why, you know... It, it, it just, it's still a lot of unknowns for me to, to really get behind it yet. So I'm yeah. like, I'm excited, but I hope, but it's still like, how does that do that? I'm not sure that's possible at this point. But if it is, that's pretty cool.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, you know, they did Connect and they did an amazing job with it. So you never know. I mean, Connect knows where certain things are. So um, I don't know. I, yeah. I'm, I'm very intrigued. I mean, they know where we are but using infrared, they can tell distance the whole bit.
2: Yeah, I guess. It'll be interesting
1: to see. Um, in any case, you know, it's the kind of thing that Google, the whole internet experience is going to change when something like this is is working properly. Oh, yeah. And uh, uh, I just, I, I, I showed it to my son and I said, you're just going to have the coolest deck when
2: you're older. It, <laughs> you, you, you know what was really exciting to me? Even though I don't play the game, the fact that they use Minecraft as an example, and then she could Build, build all your Minecraft stuff in a real space. I was like, wow, that, that's pretty interesting. With your hands just
1: building like blocks? Oh yeah, exactly. Wow. Anyways, uh, full-on nerd moment there. I had to share, though. Just blew my mind. I figured for sure we'd see something that in industrial and commercial aspects before we'd ever see it in a consumer area. But to jump into consumer, wow.
2: So, so how would that impact search? So let's say you've got all this 3D stuff that you're seeing through these
1: glasses in your physical environment. How would that impact search? Well, think about the whole experience online. All of a sudden, you don't need a monitor. Everything's a monitor. Um, right. You could have search running on the side. You could have, I mean, it's just, it could just be a, a scroll bar on, next to the right of your eye. I mean, all these things could be running at the same time. I, it, it, wow! I don't even know where to begin. It's one of those things that I want to write it down on a board just to work out all the yeses and the nos, and uh, it's for sure going to be mind-boggling what you can do with it.
2: Okay, so so think about search as a question, right? Anytime anybody searches for something, they're asking a question. They're asking for more information about something. That's the that's the fundamental basics of search, right?
1: If so voice a, is no question the way yeah, it's moving. So voice it a voice based search.
2: Voice can go there but but the answers to the questions as it sits now are web pages primarily, right? How the knowledge will that graph?
1: Yes.
2: Yeah, that's why I said primarily. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But but how, how does that change now if your computer experience is not a flat screen anymore, it's a 3D space? Right? So, so a web page doesn't necessarily have to be the only answer to the question. Mm-hmm. So if you're searching for an answer, it can show up as so many different things now. And how do you it just it, it, it really makes a big difference now on how you put that information out there. If you're a brand, if you're if you're putting out information hoping to be found so you can leverage that, now, it's not about just a web page anymore. There's going to be so many different ways to reach out and answer questions. Well, just can you
1: imagine the schema markup? Oh, jeez. <laughs> You'll be able to put a schema markup to, like, let's say you got a product. Well, it could be to the 3D um, wireframe. So someone just clicks on it with their finger. All of a sudden, it comes out of the page and it's there. It's 3D in front of you. Yeah. You can spin it around and look at it. I mean, all this stuff is coming
2: yeah I mean that's and what about what about interactive examples like I'm searching for how do i how do I boil an egg and all of a sudden it the, the pan shows up next to you in a three d and and the little instructions pick up the egg and a little arrows pointing to it and it shows you how to crack it and then lift, hold it over. It's completely different it's no more it would be no more not no more I'd say there's going to be some of it, but it, it, the 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 possibilities are just amazing.
1: Yeah, exactly. And, and one of the examples they used, I believe in the video, was someone showing someone how to do some work on their plumbing. And he was using, a, of course, a surf tongue, but he yeah. was using his finger going, okay. And he was putting a circle around this part of the plumbing and saying, okay, you need to turn it this way. And then they saw that circle appear in 3D in front of them. Um,
2: on, the, on the actual pipe.
1: Yeah, exactly.
2: Yeah, was, <laughs> it's, it was, like, wow. was pretty cool.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah I, I, Wow is all I can say. I just love it. Anyway, um, I guess we should get to something a little more concrete, but um, let's start with quality content guidelines. Yeah,
2: there was an interesting article on Search Engine Land. Um, they claimed it was a really helpful list. And I was going through it, and some of these things are really good from a quality content factors. Things that really determine whether content is quality. And, and some of these things make a lot of sense from a User usability and user standpoint, but some of them, I'm not sure, really tied directly to the algorithms. So there's a little bit of mixture in here, but there's some really great stuff. Um, things like help a user complete a specific task, which is a great idea. when you're Because, again, it goes back to what we were just talking about, answering questions. And that's what your content is there for right now, is to help people answer the questions that they're asking. So help if people are asking about how to do something, help the user complete the test. Perfect way to put some great quality content on your site. Um, to talk about the organization of your content, organize in thematic subsections. That's been pretty standard for a long time now. Um, I think Bruce Clay used to call it uh, silos, content silos, right? Keep mm-hmm. things organized in thematic subsections been pretty standard for a while now but but a lot of people still don't do it um make sure it's made to stick is that they call this but it's like sticky content is successful i'm not sure i agree with that sticky doesn't Mm -hmm. the right right answer to a
1: question It's not that same. Made to stick. He's referring to the book and it's a very good book about the whole concept of creating marketing that's made to stick. Stuff that makes – it immediately sticks in your mind, the the whole concept. and um, and I can't put it in just simple words but it's by Chip and Dan Heath. Phenomenal book. Um, I haven't
2: read it. I guess I'm going to have to read that.
1: You will like it. I guarantee it.
2: All right. Very good. Cool. Um, They talk about strong titles and H1 tags. Totally agree with the titles. H1 tags don't do much for you anymore at all. So uh, yes, I know on that one. Um, Make sure it inspires, educate, and entertains. I've been saying this for a while. Um, But I I say inform, educate, or entertain. But yeah, I I think that's very important. Um, From a content perspective, especially if you're doing it as part of a content marketing scheme, Um, you know, content marketing is one of the bigger, bigger buzzwords in the marketing world these days. And that's one of the key things with content marketing is, is providing value to not only your readers, but wherever you're placing that content is going to get some value and providing value means that it's useful, it's educates or entertains the audience. And that's really important from a content perspective. Totally agree with that one. Um, ask yourself if you would share the content. You know, is that a really a quality content factor? It could be. But some people would share things like there's things that I would, I would never share a picture of a kitten. Right? <laughs> but there's many, many people <laughs> that do. So that's kind of a that's like fuzzy. Or an exploding kitten. Exploding Kitten, especially if it's a card game about exploding
1: kittens. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I had to buy it. I mean, it just... Did you buy it? I haven't oh, bought
2: yeah. it. I've been thinking about it. Did you get it yet?
1: No, no, it's not
2: uh, ready yet. Well, now you have to tell people what it is.
1: Oh, well, they haven't heard about it. Uh, essentially, it's, 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 I think it's the fastest. What is it? Absolutely. Like, Absolutely the fastest. Yeah, The fastest growing... Um, um, Crowd shared or crowdsourced. I don't know. Kind of sp- I can't speak. What's the words? <laughs> crowdsourced initiative ever or something. It's right. within six hours. It had like a million dollars for this yeah, silly so, game.
2: <laughs> so it, it, it's the guy. It's the guy from. Um, Oh, what's oatmeal. the site? From the Oatmeal. By the way, who used to work um, very tightly with uh, Rand at Moz. His, the, the Oatmeal's original offices were in the Moz offices, if you didn't know that. But, uh, oh,
1: I'm totally jealous. I love that guy. Yeah. Hilarious.
2: So he, he actually did a Kickstarter program. They had this idea for this card game about exploding kittens. And they said, okay, we want to make we, – we need – I think it was only a couple hundred thousand dollars was their goal. And they had 30 days to do it in to make this card. Card game, so they could distribute it. Literally within the first couple days, they were over a million dollars. I checked yesterday or the day before. There's still 22 days left in the Kickstarter program, and he's over four million dollars now. And yeah, people it's four point
1: seven million dollars, 21 days to go. Ugh, or, he wanted only ten grand.
2: <laughs> okay, yeah. And, and it's one of the fastest growing ones ever. And and a lot of that, honestly, is because of his audience. And the, the brand that he's built around the oatmeal had nothing to do with the links he built.
1: The brand he built. <laughs> oh, and he's hysterical. Oh, my God. it's oh, just, yeah, he's great. Yeah, here it is. Here's a, a mem. It says, 100% funded in 20 minutes and 1,000% funded in less than an hour. Yeah. <laughs> Holy crap! <laughs> the,
2: the only other thing I heard that was that is actually a little bit more holy crappish to me is when Apple did their announcement of their their first quarter or their last quarter earnings, their stock went up after the announcement. Their stock went up in the, the two or three hours after the announcement, their stock went up the entire value of Yahoo. So they basically grew an entire Yahoo in a couple hours after that
1: announcement.
3: <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah.
1: Oh, my. Yeah, that's that's holy cow, All right? My yeah. Goodness. <laughs> well, so between kittens, explosions, laser beams, and sometimes, oh, here, this is a card game for people who are into kittens and explosions and laser beams and sometimes goats. See, that's just <laughs> too funny. I, how could you not oh, like yeah. that? It's genius. Yeah. yeah, it is. It's pretty funny. <laughs>
2: So apparently both Ross and I would share that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, uh, on that note, we need a refresher. Let's take a quick break and we come back. We're going to cover a bit more news and uh, tie the show.
0: SEO 101 will be back right after recess.
2: at BruceClay.com.
3: Plus, build more buzz for your brand with our social media marketing strategy. Discover all that the Internet Marketing Ninjas can do for you. Visit the online dojo now at InternetMarketingNinjas.com.
0: Okay, class, take your seats and no talking. Recess is over and SEO 101 is back in session. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm.
1: Welcome back to SEO 101 on WebmasterRadio.fm hosted by John Carcutt, the Director of SEO and Social Media for Advanced Digital, and myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, Inc., who is entirely caffeinated without any food whatsoever. I am
2: <laughs> zipping! Oh, I thought, I, thought, I thought you meant your company, not you. All right. <laughs> <laughs> got the whole company caffeinated, like, wow, you ooh, want ooh. to be dang. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, that's probably true as well, but uh, unfortunately, poor Sarah, my a uh, office manager here broke her foot, so she's in the hospital right now.
2: Oh no, that's not cool.
1: So, yeah, hopefully, and she then, was
2: doing something fun when she broke her foot. So at least there was like a good story to tell, you know. And it, it really, it's not good when you do something like that. You break your foot because you like walked into a wall. It's much better if you were like you know cliff diving or something. Well, she was running along a seawall. Okay, that's 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 good. That's close.
1: <laughs> Ouch. Ouch, 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 ouch. Well, uh, interesting. Google now supports crawling and indexing local adaptive web pages. Wow, does that ever sound like gobbledygook to anyone who's not in this industry? Yes, it would. Absolutely. And, and this is one of those things. I think you posted this on Facebook and
2: mm-hmm. I had to I had to comment. It's like, this is one of those punctuation things. Is it like Google Now supports yeah, this? Or exactly. does Google now support this? <laughs>
1: You like, pretty much can't say anything after Google without it being one of their products. Exactly. <laughs> anyway, Google so now tell, supports.
2: So, so tell people what this is.
1: Okay. So if you go to a web page, based on your location, in some cases, the content can change. And up to this point, Google couldn't detect that. Um, it, it would just see what was their by default uh, which in many cases was let's say the u.s version well if you were coming from another part of the country or another i mean another, another country i mean and maybe it was still english that content could change to match what's going on there uh, It could be news could be whatever google now pings that kind of content from the different locales to see exactly what's showing it's kind of mind-boggling quite frankly uh I, I i just went oh man when i saw this i just cursed i'm like quit growing <laughs> i can't keep <laughs> up with this stuff man stop, growing. <laughs> stop it yes just quit it for a little while i'm just oh
2: I gotta catch up it's just insane so, so yeah. for our, for our listeners the basic standard you know entry-level <laughs> seos what does this mean to them right there, there's always been some, some com- controversy and, and discussion about things like cloaking and whether or not if you show one page to one person and then show a different version of the same page to a different person, that was considered cloaking. Well, the conversation has happened over the years, and we now understand that as long as you're showing – you know, changing the page based on the geolocation is fine. Google has been doing it themselves for years, right? So it's not really considered cloaking. So you can actually change a page based on where the visitor coming from from a geo perspective, right? But as Ross was saying, it didn't matter to Google when they indexed your page, they just saw the the, the, the baseline content and whatever happened to be the default content. Um, now you have the opportunity to optimize those different versions of the pages that you're creating for those locations as you're creating content for those locations so it's it's actually now that same page can show up indexed with its different content based on different search queries which is
1: pretty phenomenal as ross says and to quote google says google or the article google still strongly recommends you use different urls or tlds or top little domains in other words based on having content specific for different countries or languages in other words this local adapt this this adaptive web page technology. It's there, and they wanted to make sure they're indexing it, but it's not their preferred method. They prefer right. that you had a different um, uh, top level domain. So it would be like uh, if it's for France, because it was for any language as well. Um, Google.fr or whatever it is. Uh, um, CNN.fr. All all of those sites they should be separate, so that you can be very clear that that's what the content is about. Um, it, what interests me is, is uh, I don't see here, I, I might have missed it, but where is it, um, oh, I guess it's the rel equals alternate hreflang. Uh, this is very complex stuff, but uh, what is it that Google sees to know that they need to do this pinging from different places or checking from different countries? I guess they have they to have- see that rel equals alternate, otherwise they won't bother.
2: Yeah, I, I would think so. I, I haven't dug into it deep enough to know, but that sounds pretty um, like the, one of the first places I'd look as well.
1: Yeah. Well, it's
2: I don't pretty think awesome. Inter, I don't think they've introduced any kind of new tags or anything tied to this, so they're going to have to use something that is already existing. And the what, in the, the 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 L equals uh, reflang or rel equals hreflang, uh, it's one of those ones I hard hard to say. Not enough people are using that to begin with, even if they're doing multiple languages on a site. That's one of those things that the, the more sophisticated SEOs, more sophisticated web developers are actually using, but uh, it's not nearly as many um, instances
1: that it sh- as
2: it should be. So there's a lot of sites that should be using that that are not.
1: Yeah, and it's essentially specifying to browsers, to search engines, anyone that this is the content is based on this language, um, in this location. It's very very straightforward. Worded. But yeah, it's not added a lot. It's not by added by default in many systems. Um, I haven't. I just got the new Dreamy for a while ago. I wonder if that builds it in by default now. Probably does. You know what? This just, I have to go check.
2: Is there a schema for a web page? You can add schema markup. About things on your web page, but is there schema for a web page? It's an entity. Mm. <laughs> that would be interesting. I don't think yes. there is. I don't think there is. But those would, that would be the kind of things you could put on a schema for a web page. You know, yeah,
1: I don't know. Yeah, there's a whole page though. So if you href lang so h r e f l a n g, if you look that up online, uh, wow. you'll find uh, a great tutorial from. Um, Miley Oye on Google and uh, it's how to use hreflang for language and regional URLs and and, and, you know the proper implementation and Google's great with all those tutorials and you can actually specify this URL go to this URL for this language go and and even uh, specify uh, I don't know just just, you specify the, the language plus the locale like such as country anyway it's a whole nother market. There's a whole, <laughs> there are SEOs that just focus on this kind of thing. So, um, that's why we kind of stumble over this. It's unless you're on top of it every day, it gets a little overwhelming. Nice. All right. Well, I guess that's it. We made it. Another show in the bag. <laughs> in the bag. And we will be here next week. We won't miss another for a while. I'm sure of that, uh, gosh, I shouldn't have said that. Should I? Anyway, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Just jinked us. But no, we will be here. So uh, thank you very much for joining us today. If you have any questions, you know where to reach us. Go to Google Plus and type in SEO 101. And you will find us very quickly uh, because we have our own community, which is where we get a lot of our questions from. And we're a little behind on that. I bet there's a few questions there we should be answering. We'll have to get that to the next show. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you can also email me via ross at stepforth.com, that's S-T-E-P-F-O-R-T-H dot com, or reach John via Twitter at John Carcutt. Have a great week, and remember to tune into future episodes, which air at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, every Wednesday on webmasterradio.fm. Have a great week.
2: Thanks for listening, everybody.